greatest movies podcast ever, recorded on location in Chicago. My name is Matt Kay, and with me is Rye the Movie Guy. This week on Cinema Jaw, Matt, we actually took a break. Yeah. We had some things pop up, and we decided, let's take our first break of the year. Yeah. Well, right after the Oscars, we've been going strong. We rarely, if ever, miss a week. So, hey, I think we deserve it. We earned it, Rye. I agree. But yet, here we are podcasting. But yet, here we are podcasting because we like the Jawhead so much, and we know the Oscars just took place. We thought, let's at least record a little intro and discuss the Oscars and then throw it to an old episode. And we picked out a classic episode. So let's start there. We did. Okay, yeah. Three years ago, roughly to the date, we Mm. had on a comic book artist and author Tim Seeley. Yes, who has since become a good friend. The topic was top five favorite female superheroes. Yeah. And we figured since if we weren't taking a break this week, we would be going eye for an eye on Captain Marvel. What a good time to go back three years and relive that episode with Tim Seeley. It it, it kind of all fits together perfectly because that was the episode we recorded right after the 2016 Oscars, which were honoring the 2015 year in film movies. It, it all just kind of worked. It fell together. It did. We also, in that episode, go eye for an eye in regards to Brie Larson's career. Yeah, no, no, no. That was the cinema war. Oh, that was the cinema war. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. It was, it was who's going to have a bigger career, Brie Larson or Alicia Vikander? Oh, I can't wait to listen back to this episode. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's actually a really funny, good episode. and Amazing how deeply the world has changed in just three years. You can tell, listening to this, that we were recording this on another planet. It's awesome. So much has changed. Barack Obama was still president. So there you go. But we also wanted to comment on this year's Oscars. Indeed. And we start off with two words and a question mark. Green Book? I called it. I called it and on our on our episode uh, with Josh Stifter. We did our Oscar predictions and I said that was the the safe choice. I was wrong by saying the safe choice because boy has there been some backlash. Don't know how much I can comment on the backlash. I think it's valid, and it raises some interesting questions. It is interesting because if you step away from sort of our film critic group, and I'm just talking to you know, the common film goer out here, and, mm. and I've talked to a bunch of them since then, they're so happy that Green Book won. Really? Really are. Now, when I get around critic friends, everybody's got the backlash that this was the, the safe choice the Academy tried to make. Why didn't go for more of a progressive-type film? And and there were so many to choose from this year. They could have went with Black Panther. They could have went with Black Klansman. They could have went Roma. All three of those make such a bigger statement than yeah. what Green Book does. Well, honestly, in, in the vacuum left by the safe choice in air quotes of uh, Green Book, I think the safest choice would have been bohemian rhapsody i think the problem with green book and and a lot of the reason why a lot of people are angry about its win is it's a conservative movie masquerading as a progressive movie Mm -hmm. if that makes sense it does yeah totally get you the other big shocker of the night i guess was olivia coleman winning best actress over glenn close i wasn't shocked and i'm not totally shocked either i just thought glenn close not having ever won an oscar this being her seventh nomination it felt like this was what the Academy was going to do, was to just hand it to Glenn Close. But to be absolutely honest, behind closed doors, if I had a vote, I would have actually cast it for Olivia Coleman. She put in the better performance, and kudos on the, the voting body of the Academy for recognizing the actual better work. And I'm not saying that Glenn Close's performance wasn't fantastic. Truth, I still haven't caught up with the wife. So I, I can't sit here and tell you that it wasn't better. 
But I think Olivia Coleman just brought something so special that uh, it was it was right for them to recognize it. And Rami Malek wins for Best Actor in a Leading Role for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I say well-deserved. I say well-deserved. He was the best part of it. He, uh, yeah. And as far as no host to the Oscars, I'm just going to say it. I didn't miss a host. I, I thought they did a fine job coming out with Queen, moving the show yep. along. I was okay with it. Yeah. Speaking of Rami Malek and Queen, really quick, I just wanted to say, must have been strange to be Adam Lambert that night, right? Because I, I think Adam Lambert goes out on stage in Las Vegas or, or wherever Queen is playing these days, and they're a great band, not dissing them in any way. And on any given night, he's probably like, okay, you know, I'm, uh, this is a great gig. But at that moment in Queen's history, when they're, you know, likely to get some awards for this biopic of Freddie, it must have been like all eyes on Adam. Interesting, but obviously he can't act. So it's like, you know, let oh, the actor do his job. I'm not saying I, I wish he had been cast. Oh, I see. I'm saying in his uh, musical performance at the Oscars, it must have been some, somewhat fraught for him. And I thought he brought it, dude. He did a great job up there. Opening was awesome. Yeah, for sure. And boy, are those some tough boots to fill, man. Open the Oscars every year with a band, I think. I agree, especially if you can get a band like Queen or, or Kiss or somebody legendary. Kiss? Oh. Yeah, the Stones. You don't like Kiss? No, come on, please. The Stones I'd go for, but not Kiss. Oh, man. In this episode that the Jawheads are about to hear with Tim Seeley, I think another thing that's changed so much, the, the Kiss thing just reminded me. You were so dead set against Marvel. This was during the famous Ride the Movie Guy Marvel ban. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this but you've, episode. you've actually come a long way since then. I have. So enjoy this replay of the Tim Seeley episode. We are going to come back strong next week with a brand new episode, which means there will be a new riddle next week, a new theme next week, yeah. and we will be reviewing Captain Marvel. Plus, our guest is Elliot Bambrough from... Chicago's best. Right. I mean, this is a guy who goes around town to a bunch of different restaurants and picks which ones are the best in Chicago, and he knows which is the best podcast. He does. So it's going to be a, a jam-packed jaw next week as well. It is. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, listening, Jawheads, and enjoy this rerun of our Tim Seeley episode. You're listening to Cinema Jaw, the greatest movies podcast ever, recorded on location at the original Mother's Nightclub in Chicago. My name is Matt Kane, and with me is... Right, the movie guy, and sitting alongside us, as always, is our engineer and local filmmaker, the one with kind eyes, Elias Rodriguez. Wow, what a awesome intro, right? Thank really, you very much. You really savored that intro. <laughs> Didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt, this week on Cinema Jaw, we get a little feminine. Mm -hmm. We get a little... Super, mm. as we cover our top five favorite superhero females in film. I like this topic a lot. <sighs> this was difficult. I, I wore my you, tights. You, you, you know how you always come on, you say, boy, this was a tough one for me. Yeah. All the time you say that, boy, I had a difficult time with this list. Yeah, because we're usually covering like indie darlings or something. I can finally say that. I This list sucks. Well, hey, Rye, you know what? Expand your horizons. It's good for you. Yeah, get ready, listeners, for an exciting episode. Here. We're gonna fight this whole episode. I, 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 I believe we are. We were fighting during the, what would you say it? The prep for the show, going yeah, back our, and forth on our, our, our little uh, web. We communicate on Slack before the show. That's how we organize things. 
And uh, boy, it was a heated discussion. It was. So it should be a heated podcast. But I, I'm a trooper. I got my five. They may be pedestrian picks, but I got my five favorite female superheroes. Well, it's a good topic. And should we tell them why? Uh, well, we have a we have a great guest with us, comic book artist Tim Seeley, who is I think known for some of his strong female characters. Fair to say, and also the Batman Superman movie comes out later this month, which will be the big screen debut of Wonder Woman. Yes, so it's it's this is timely. True, not to mention we're going to be at C two E two, which is a big comic convention here in Chicago at the end of March. So. Hey, this I, I'm glad we're doing this topic. All right, it all right. I I agree. As you mentioned, we got a great guest joining us, and we got a whole lot more. Oh, yeah, we are going eye for an eye on 10 Cloverfield Lane. And we have a review for you of Chirac. Yes, we do. Spike Lee joint. Plus, Matt, the Oscars just took place. Leo finally got his Oscar yeah. spotlight, my movie <laughs> oh, of the year. Did you see this thing? It's going around online of uh, a flip book that somebody made of Leo, and he, he goes up to the stage. This is a cartoon, and he's the Oscars in his eye, and he's just about to take the statue, and a bear tackles him and <laughs> like eats him. <laughs> have you seen this? have not. Oh, I'm going to post it in the show notes. It's oh, fantastic. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it was exciting. My movie of the year spotlight one movie of the the year at the Oscars, which was good to see. Yeah. And on top of that, two huge female actresses who are, are really on, on the verge yeah. of doing something great, both won Best Actress. And it's funny, I think, here supporting well, one actress. Of them, one of them won Best Actress. The other but other one supporting, supporting Alicia Vikander, who I think is just going to be the next big thing in Hollywood. No, it's going to be Brie Larson who won Best Actress. Oh, I, I beg to differ here, Matt. Well, you can beg to differ all you want. Cinema, Cinema War. War. Woo. Plus, Matt, if that wasn't enough for the listeners... There's more? There is more. We got trivia. We play it every week on Cinema Jaw. This week, no different. In honor of 10 Cloverfield Lane, John Goodman's in it. You will be taking Tim on in John Goodman movie trivia. Okay. Oh, All right. I, I feel good about that. All right. I yeah. do feel good about that. All right. It's jam-packed jaw as always. As always. So without further ado, we bring in our guest. He is a comic book artist and author extraordinaire. He has wrote such... Comics as G.I. Joe versus the Transformers, the among list. other things. Yes. That's the one you go there. <laughs> you picked that one? Because I wanted to bring that one up. Okay. Tim Seeley, welcome to Cinema Joe. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm glad to be here. What was wrong with bringing up G.I. Joe versus the Transformers? I, you know, I don't know. But of all the ones you could have picked, like, you know, critically acclaimed revival or something, <laughs> you went with that. I mean, it's fair. I did write it. I did have a good time writing it. I'm not going to deny it. But... It, there was a glee in your eye when you picked that one. <laughs> there was. There was like a I noticed you it Michael too. Bay loving. I could see it in his eye. Well, you, you've done a lot of uh, really cool stuff lately. You just did um, Deadpool versus, oh man, Deadpool Thanos. versus Thanos. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you, we were talking before the show. You're, you're working on a bunch of cool stuff right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm busy now because I used to mostly draw, and now somehow I, I became a mostly writer. So I'm doing uh, Suicide Squad for DC Comics. I'm doing uh, Grayson, uh, which is the the original Robin Dick Grayson as a super spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing um, uh, my creator own book Revival. Let's see, man, I've got so much stuff I tend to forget all the crap. I'm, I'm and I've got a couple things that are uh, actually cinema related, but I can't I can't talk. Actually, oh. the two projects I'm working right now are both movie comics, but I can't tell you what they are because they're not announced yet. You know, my passion for comics often intersects with my fandom for film. Well, we can talk a little bit about Suicide Squad because that's a yeah. film that's coming up. Uh, when does that come out, right? August. Uh, August, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's going to be a big spike in sales. Are you anticipating like this one to be 
pretty big for you. Yeah, I just I'm just waiting for that royalty check and just oh yeah baby like that's that gets me excited when I see that trailer and I'm like yep that's gonna get the people to buy my comic. I don't are, know. Are you doing you know, more of the movie take or or the traditional Suicide Squad? Like who's I mean I think the movie I again you know I didn't see the movie I don't I don't all I've seen is the trailer just like you guys but um, to me the comic you know the assignment of the comic was sort of. I, I think they kind of wanted it to feel maybe like those trailers did, which the trailers were a little bit funny. They were a, bit, a little bit, um, you know, they, they they had some subversion to them. So I think that's kind of why they maybe that's why they hired me to do it because that's kind of something I'm more I'm I'm better at maybe uh, than than doing something straight and serious, which um, I think the book has been traditionally for a while now. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why they hired me. I'm not exactly sure. They're going but, back yeah. to that irreverence of it. Yeah, and I, so I think that's part of kind of what they want me to bring to it. No one said I had to do that, though. There was no, like, watch the trailer ten times and crack out a script, or here's what the movie script looks like, please align it. There was none of that. There was just... Surprised, um, actually, to hear that. Yeah, you know, you, it doesn't happen as often as I think people on the outside probably think it does, this sort of corporate synergy and all that sort of stuff. The comic book companies kind of feel like they should lead um, because they can do things fast and, and cheaper and come up with crazy ideas. And the film is obviously, you know, it's going to reach a huge audience, but it takes a long time to make a film, and the preparation for a film is such a thing. So that the, the comics should always, to a degree, lead, which is, you know, kind of the greatest thing about uh, working in comics. You know, yeah, fast and loose and cheap and and cool and you know, get away with stuff that you could never get away with in in the big budget films. Sure. And speaking of working on the comics, you mentioned that you started off drawing the comics and then slowly transitioned over to author. Yeah, I think, you know, when I was a kid, I had no idea. I, like most kids, I was getting comics and I just I didn't really know what the jobs were. You just know that someone made comics. And so I always just want to make comics. And that was just that was the job title as far as I was concerned. So I was always doing that as a kid. And then you get a little older and you realize that for sake of speed, you know, one person typically draws it and one person typically writes it. And then there's someone who inks it and someone who colors it. And there's so much work that goes into these 20 pages a month that it's, it's very difficult for it to be done by one person. I didn't know that. So, I, you know, I kind of I think what I, I'm I'm one of those guys that learned to draw because he wanted to write comics. So I think the 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 writing thing was kind of my first passion. I want to make stuff up like that's always what I want to do is like tell stories. But being able to draw helped me do that um and but you know then when i started drawing comics i think my uh i'm an okay artist but i i watched buddies of mine who you know started at the same time get so much better than me and and that's probably because you know i'm not as naturally skilled maybe so but being able to write and sort of be really passionate about telling the stories being really familiar with working with artists because i know what to write for an artist really helped sure. me sort of get more jobs and work with artists and have them enjoy working with me so the other question i had that you were mentioning say like for instance you're going to take over and start writing suicide squad do you sort of pitch the idea to dc of exactly where you want to yes, go absolutely. Or, or do they already have you in mind and hire you right off the bat or are they a little bit, take a couple of scripts from different yeah it's a little bit of both i'm sure I, i'm assuming it's sort of like the way film is made and a lot of you know when you kind of have a property that you you want um to refresh or do something They'll take pitches. Um, they may have someone, you know, that they think would work better. But the the job is to, you know, they, they call it a bake off, uh, where you don't know how many people you're competing with, but you're you're That's throwing exactly in where with my them. head went. <laughs> yeah, that? I that would be awesome if it was that kind of bake off. Unfortunately, it's like the you got to make the tastiest pie that happens to be the exact flavor they wanted, um, and, it, and it can be difficult, you know, because there's certainly stuff that I pitch for. 
that I clearly was just nowhere near what they wanted. They asked me to do Flash, and I bombed on that one and, and a lot of things. But it, it, the nice thing about the Bake Off thing and, and work, pitching for some of these is you often kind of get – you often work with the things that you're most passionate or most um, maybe sort of best suited for. And I think the the kind of thing I do means, you know, the Suicide Squad was a pretty good gig for me. Grayson is another one. Um, you know, my pitch for it just happened to kind of align really well with what they wanted. And I – I love that character of Dick Grayson. Uh, that was the first superhero toy I ever got. You know, so really, so yeah, like the I got Robin before anything else. You know, when I was a kid, I got like I got Robin driving the Batmobile when they accidentally sent me the wrong thing from Sears. Sent my parents the wrong for Christmas. So I opened. I was like, I got the Spider Mobile, but there's Dick Grayson in it. But you know that, hey, that led to me doing a spy version of. Uh, Dick Grayson that worked for a it spider thing. Out there. Yeah, it worked great. It was totally cool. Matt, remind me to ask you after the show who Dick Grayson is. Really, oh, right? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Dick Tell Grayson, me. really? I'm Curls out of my league. Swine here, yes, I'm, I'm out Jesus. of my league. Sorry, but my but, grandma knows who Dick Grayson is. She's 87, <laughs> well, and she's she has, the she's the one that bought you Dick Grayson toy from Sears. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I mean, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Movie right. guys, man. Movie yes. guys. All right. Hey, really quick, though, we do want to talk about, uh, as you would say, your critically acclaimed work, Revival. Um, sell me on this. Um, when did it come out? Uh, now we got to do the math on it. Um, 2013, I believe, right? So, yeah. But it's a, it's a series we've been working on for the past three years. It's sort of a, a crime series with a, with a supernatural slash zombie bent. It's about a small town in Wisconsin. Um, and one day, 23 people come back from the dead. And the town is put under quarantine as they deal with it. And, and the main character is a cop trying to solve the murder of her sister. And the problem is her sister keeps getting in her way because she's back. So it's, uh, it's you know, kind of a chance to do a different kind of zombie story. I think zombie stories traditionally are about survival. Uh, and we wanted to do a story, you know, that wasn't a survival story at all. It was more about people having to live with people that they'd already said goodbye to. Um, and, you know, kind of how people accept death and all that sort of thing. Well, that's cool, man. But this it's, sounds, yeah, it's not this just sounds quiet. my alley. Yeah, with a, yeah. With a, with a uh, whodunit mixed in? Yeah, there's a mystery to it. It's a horror story, crime story. It's a lot of family stuff because the, the main two sisters are uh, really, they're very much the main characters and they're very different people. Um, it's not all just heartfelt staring, you know, over snowy landscapes, though. There's crazy action scenes and, you know, we opened it up, I think, uh, with the, the murder of a, a Zorse, which is a half zebra, half horse. It's a crazy movie, a crazy story. I said movie. That's not good, uh, but you know it's 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 a it's a crazy Ooh, story. Is that I, a Freudian slip? Oh, I like <laughs> it. It's a it's a we're talking about too much movie, movie <laughs> stuff. But uh, you know it's de- it's definitely it's very much um, you know a sort of attempt to, to uh, utilize kind of some of the great things about comic books and and uh, you know the ability to tell quiet small stories really beautifully and really focus on um, uh, characters and, and and the town is very much a part of the story as, as a character in its own. It's actually the town I grew up in. Cool. Uh, with a slight twist to it, but not much, you know, so. Yeah. Sure. Now, we got, as we mentioned, C2E2 coming up. You must go to these comic book shows all the time. I, oh, I've been to so many comic book shows. And, and, and do you uh, draw at the comic book shows? Or yep. do you, yeah. yeah, I do sketches. Is, that's kind of how I pay for the, all the beers I drink that night, <laughs> is I do sketches, and then I, you know, bl- blow that money by taking my editors out and getting them drunk and buying, you know, it's... it's it's basically that like about a, right. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's 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 a lifestyle I've become quite accustomed to and and pretty good at, which is uh, drawing from my beer money and then regretting it the next morning, but drawing through the hangover. Nice. It's basically, yeah, that's my lifestyle. So, so. will we see you at the Hyatt uh, bar after C two E two? 
Oh, dude, I, no, I take people out. If this oh, is where my do you, town. Where do you go? Oh, where right. do you go? Well, yeah. I mean, to me, you know, if I've got people in town, you know, I go to a lot of other shows and, and you're sort of limited to the hotel bar, right. which I have spent many a night of my life in a hotel bar. But um, if I'm in Chicago, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that we're in Chicago. So, you know, I'll usually take, uh, I used to always take people to Neo, the goth club, oh, which sure, is yeah, gone now. Yeah, but it's sadly gone. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of, you know, a lot. You, I'm sure you're surprised to find that a lot of Batman writers are closet goths. I'm sure it's shocking to it's you to shocker. find them. Shocker, yeah. yeah. So I take those guys out. and um, But, uh, you know, breweries and, um, and uh, you know, just... Some of the great restaurants Chicago has to offer. You should take them out to Lagunitas. Have you been to that tap room yet? That is a new thing. I was planning on uh, taking some people it's out right there, there on the year. south side. Yeah, it's not far yeah, away. It's perfect. That's and that wasn't there the last couple. You know, it's recent. So when when C two E two first landed in Chicago, I brought those guys to Mother's where we're recording right now, and uh, I was yeah, so I stoked. was there for that. Were you show? there? I was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Joe Casada was here at Mother's. Who's again? Rye probably doesn't know who we're who? talking about. The editor in chief of Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> big, subsidiary of disney oh yes, that maybe. marvel okay. right 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 so tim uh i had another question for you if you know we can't have you on the show and not talk a little bit about hack slash sure um i don't know i guess like let's just talk about it take it from the beginning and, and i know at one point it was rumored to be a movie and then a tv show so what's the update on that well so uh hack slash is like one of the first comic books i wrote and kind of paved the way for me to be able to do my own stuff. Um, but it's the story. It's basically sort of a homage to uh, B-movies, slasher movies, um, anything that's sort of looked down upon in the, in the horror genre, um, wherein the girl who's the slasher victim of, of sort of one story. The survivor the girl. The survivor girl, the final girl, uh, comes back and hunts down other slashers and is joined uh, by a partner who she mistook originally as one of these slashers, but who's actually sort of a gentle soul named Vlad. And the main character is a character named Cassie Hack, hence the hack in the title. Um, and it's it was sort of a, you know just like a, a road story, a crazy. It was like all the things I loved as a teenager uh, fused into one you know crazy horror epic. Um, and uh, yeah, we we optioned it for a movie uh, to which was it was originally Rogue Pictures, which was you know sort of a division of Focus Features yeah. and and uh, Universal. And then years went by, and I endured every sort of all of the the stereotypes of dealing with Hollywood. Everything you know, from from having everything go super fast and th- everything on track, and getting the hot stars, and and going out and getting taken out to uh, fancy bars that have Paris Hilton and Andy Dick in them, to having no one in the studio talk to me because they everyone got fired and they didn't want to touch anything that was the old you know regime. Just ridiculous. I've seen it all. Every awesome, terrible story in Hollywood. I've 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 lived it. Um, except for the drug addiction and the crashing a car into the pool or whatever, but that's good. Yeah, skip that one. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, and then so, but the the company, you know, eventually, you know, in Hollywood, everything is sort of bought and resold, and and eventually the rights settled in this company called Relativity Media, who was going to make the movie, and then after re- releasing a stream of movies that didn't do well at all, uh, decided to focus on their TV division, which is much more successful because it contains Catfish the series. Uh, and now they're working on turning it into a TV show, which I think you know is fine. Might work really well for it. It's such a it's a it's a very um, episodic story anyway. That could work, but again, I'm just I if I held my breath for this, I'd have been dead years ago. So I, you know, to me, it's just sort of um, I make comics. That's what I want to do. I would love the money that comes with a, with a, with a, a movie. I would love the sort of recognition it would bring to the comics. But you know, I like to watch movies. The idea of working in film. 
uh, is beyond soured for me just watching how it works. And so I, I don't make movies, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit back and watch, you know. I have high hopes for it as a TV show. I mean, with, with Walking Dead and uh, several of the other comic book properties that have been hitting lately, I think it's got potential, man. So yeah, I, I, think, I hope you know, it works. Yeah, it could work. I mean, and certainly one of the really the strengths of um, turning these sort of ongoing comic series into you know, TV shows is that everything is there as far as how how to set something up for episodic nature, you know? Right. So, yeah, I think that could really work. I mean, as a movie, uh, it could have been, you know, it could. Uh, I think they had a lot of trouble turning it into one movie, um, and they were always sort of afraid, the studios were always afraid to make it funny, because um, the comic is funny, and they were horrified by this, and, and they were also scared to make a funny R-rated sort of comic book movie, which, you know, which now, now Deadpool, of course. Right. But, you know, then the first movie that comes out that bombs, that's that. Then they'll be like, no, it's because it's a comic book movie and it's R-rated and nobody wants to see that. Then Hollywood never learns anything. They just, they never learn that the actual answer is make something original and do it well. What they learn is copy the thing that's hot right now until it's no longer, it seems to be no longer hot and then pretend and disavow that you ever had anything to do with it. Yeah, that's so, accurate. Sounds yeah. just like Matt Kay. No, <laughs> not at all. Now, for the Jawheads listening to this, Tim, that want to find out more about your work, do you have a website where people can go and buy some of your comics? Um, I mean, you can go on Amazon to buy my shit and my name in there. Uh, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm hacking Tim Seeley on Twitter. I have an art blogspot, timseeleyart.blogspot.com. I'm really easy to find on the Internet. But I would recommend, if you want to check out my stuff, go to your local comic book shop and just ask. Uh, if you're in Chicago, there's a, you have a wealth of, of stores to choose from. But there's actually great comic book stores all across the country. So, so hit them up. Do it. And uh, also, as far as a comic creator goes, obviously Chicago's got a pretty good community going. Scene, it yeah. does, yeah, but absolutely. since you've traveled around the country doing different comic shows, where would you rank Chicago's uh, comic scene as far as uh, creators go? Two, probably. I think Portland kind of outdoes us surely on numbers. But I would say the downside of Portland is not everybody hangs out. Chicago has a lot of creators. We all hang out. That's a, that's a cool thing. Everybody's kind of you know familiar with each other, supports each other's work. Um New York's got a pretty decent scene. L.A. is growing in, in comic scenes, so they may, they may beat us. Uh, I hope not, but it could totally happen. But I think, yeah, I think Chicago's probably number two okay. for comics. If you, if you work in comics, you want to be in comics, uh, this is a great town to be in. Whether you do mainstream work or indie, indie work, there's a lot of uh, really successful indie comics creators and a lot of really supportive indie comics creators. There's Cake, uh, the Chicago Alternative Comics uh, ex- Expo. And there's, you know, the two big conventions. So, yeah, it's a great place to go for, for that. Nice. Good to know. See, because I don't know my, you know, where all You've these comics are that. created. Yeah. I had no idea. But I, I know we know Jim Terry. I don't know if you're familiar with him. but you He's know. one of my best friends. Yeah, oh, okay. See, I didn't even know that. We made I a comic book together. Oh. Yeah, we did Sundowners together. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I saw Jim Terry today because we go to tacos every oh, Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, me wow. and Jim yeah. go way back. I, I got Jim's artwork hanging in my, uh, in my house. As so, do I. Uh, so I was like, oh, well, you know, I know Jim Terry, and I have met you. And who was the other gentleman that we had on? Um, J. Uh, Scott Blaylock. Campbell? Blaylock. Yeah, Josh Blaylock. Yeah. yeah. Who, who you, of course, know. Yeah, yeah. 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 And was, so I was like, wow, all these people are here in Chicago. I was wondering how it all, you know. Yeah, there's yeah that's a, awesome. Uh, Chicago used to be sort of the um, the base for a couple of alternative publishers going back to the, the late 70s, early 80s. And though those publishers didn't... Um, didn't last through the sort of uh, there was a there was a real lull in comic book sales uh, in the late 90s and that killed off some of these publishers but those the remnants of those those publishers are still here 
And because Chicago was such a, a big uh, advertising town, a lot of the artists uh, were also working in advertising uh, work here too. So, so there's a there's a whole bunch of factors that kind of keep it pretty relevant in comics. So, wow, learn something new every day, Matt. See, you learn something about your town, right? Yeah. Now we like to end our guest interviews with some silly cinema cues. We call them get to know the guests through the eye of cinema. Elias, you got some in the canon? Oh yes. Okay, so you have written GI Joe versus Transformers. Yes, he has. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna Twice. Do two series of it. Here we go. Um, but if you had to pick one to write the screenplay for G.I. Joe or Transformers, you know, the movie iterations, the way they are right now as a sequel, which one would you pick? Oh, God. I mean, because I, mean, I don't like either of those film series. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you got to change page. one. Yeah. you got to grab one and change it. <laughs> Transformers, because it needs... I think the... Uh, it It's gone... Like the last one had Optimus Prime, who's supposed to be like the greatest hero uh, of all the universe, being like going on a revenge streak and killing everybody. It's like you have to fix that. Like his, right. on the back of the card when you got Optimus Prime as a kid, his quote is, "You know, have respect for all sentient life." Like, and then he, you have a movie where he's blowing people away. It's like, no, this. Is, yeah, I'd have to fix that. It drives me crazy. It's I agree. It's a hugely nerd <laughs> thing, but oh my god! And also, those films are are really just. Awful. Let's just go ahead and say it. Yes. Just well, they're just like, diarrhea of the big screen. <laughs> I don't know. Come yeah, on, that's awful. a little strong. They're there's, awful. There's some redeeming there's No, nothing I, I good like about watching Chicago get they destroyed. Suck. That's that's the redeeming quality. If you live in the city, it's fun watching I all the big even buildings get no. messed there's up. There's some confusing stuff in that movie, too, if you live in Chicago, where they use certain buildings um, as other things. There's a scene where Optimus Prime walks out of the Aragon, I believe, and he, when he walks out of the building, he kind of basically exits into a Texas desert. It just weirds my brain out when I watch it. It's very confusing. i got to watch it again. Yeah. Another one, Elias? Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so if you could marry one of these female superheroes, which would you rather have? Let's see. Mystique or Elastigirl from The Incredibles? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Elastigirl, because you get all the abilities, but she's a nice lady, and she's very motherly. I'm, I'm 39. I don't want a crazy kinky chick who turns into a bunch of other girls. I would like the nice lady. <laughs> You know, I'm too old for this crap. I like there it. There you go. Very girl. Yeah. Yeah, Elastigirl yeah. for sure. Yeah. Nice. All right. Beautiful. I agree. All right. So Tim, is, <laughs> Tim is going to be sitting in on this entire jaw. He has his top five favorite female superheroes. And I hope, Tim, you brought your A game because, as I mentioned, I brought my F game. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, I definitely did. Yes. This is, and I mean, this how, is a subject how many, that concerns me. How many different me. actresses have played Batgirl on the big screen? I think three. One. Batgirl, just one. No, I'm sorry. Uh, pardon me. Cat uh, Catwoman. Woman. Oh, yeah. Three? Three, yeah. So that's three of my picks right there. Actually, right. four <laughs> if you count. I guess you have to count the 66 movie, which had... There, you uh, got yeah, four so now. Four. That was four. an Eartha Kitt. Who played it on the big screen? Uh, Julie Newmar. Julie right? Newmar, yeah. yes. I yeah. believe, yeah. Yep. All right. It brings us to our first segment, Eye for an Eye. Yes. Eye for an Eye, interested or ignore. 10 Cloverfield Lane. After surviving a car accident, a woman wakes up in an underground cellar. She fears she has been abducted by a man who tells her he saved her life. He also tells her that a worldwide chemical attack has left the Earth's surface uninhabitable. She decides she must escape no matter what dangers she may face outside. The film stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, John Goodman, and John Gallagher Jr. And is directed by Dan Trachenberg. Oh, Gallagher Jr. is in this? <laughs> who is making his directorial debut. We throw it over to Rye. It's going to smash some watermelons? You know, it's, it's interesting. The trailer, I think, has intrigued me a little bit. And I remember yeah. being excited for Cloverfield and not knowing what to expect and being pleasantly surprised by Cloverfield. 
Not that I loved it, but pleasantly surprised. Okay. And then I, I, I got reading about this one. I was like, oh, is it a sequel? I don't know much about it. And from what I've read, it's not necessarily uh, even J.J. Abrams, who's only producing this film, and really right. his name's only just attached to it because Bad Robot's attached to it. Nothing else. He has n- really no connection to the movie that that much but he had said he'd read the idea and he said god that sounds a lot like cloverfield it's almost like a sister of cloverfield so you're not this isn't cloverfield 2 i like all what i'm hearing i'm interested we throw it over to tim interest or ignore man it's tough uh that was interesting because i didn't realize uh that guy that directed dan trachtenberg i've met him before he used to do the totally rad show which was a podcast video show that's kind of interesting. He was attached to the Why the Last Man movie, so that's kind of uh, that. Which is the know. one comic book Ryan has read. I oh, believe. really? Yeah. No, no not all. One, one or two issues. That's when I realized there, there were like sixteen issues, and I just gave up. <laughs> sixteen? There's like seventy. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but um, <laughs> good thing I stopped after two. <laughs> I didn't like uh, Cloverfield that much. I kind of felt like it. Yeah, I, I that I didn't really. Uh, the idea didn't pay off as much as I saw. It was a great trailer. It was a exciting sort of. It's that J.J. Abrams uh, mystery box thing mm-hmm. where so much of the, I was so intrigued by the what was in the box, and I saw it was in the box, and I was bummed out. And I have a feeling this will probably do the same thing for me. So I would watch it on Netflix. Sounds like an ignore. Yeah. We'll give it an ignore. He didn't sell it. It's, what, it, what, it's what funny you, you mentioned here, opening a box and and. And being disappointed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I'm on, only guys. kidding. Wow. I had to go there. He set it up so nice. We keep Elias in a, in a box. The <laughs> um, jaw box. The jaw box. Oh, yeah. And if you forget any facts, you can throw them in the jaw box and he'll look them up. Oh, very break. nice. Yeah, yeah, it's handy. Um, listen, I am a huge John Goodman fan, okay? I love this actor. I think he's tremendous. I haven't seen too many things. Even the crappy movies he's in, every second he's on the screen, I love him. Uh, that combined with, with Bad Robot... And the fact that it's a spiritual successor to Cloverfield, which I did like. I'm a sucker for a giant monster movie. I'm in. I'm big time interested. Elias, what do you got here? I am going to agree with Matt 100% on John Goodman. Ooh, I just, ooh, did I ring the bell too easy? <laughs> no, that, that, that works. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love watching John Goodman. I grew up uh, watching him uh, on Roseanne. And I don't know, he just seems like one of those actors who is just so darn good. And when he's gone one day, you're going to miss him. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No. yeah I don't know why I'm saying that. Yeah, <laughs> that's morbid, dude. But, uh, no, I just like thought <laughs> it. Like, I just saw the pre- the trailer. I'm like, oh, he's in this. This is awesome. Can't wait to watch, you know. Yeah, I agree. He looks good, actually. I think yeah. yeah. Three interested. One ignore, but Tim's going to check it out on Netflix anyway. So I, Yeah, I will watch it. Yeah. I'll watch it. I just. Uh, I get man. your frustration with it, though. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, right. The trailer, you know what? To its credit, it's a really good trailer. The use it of the, the, you know, sort of this happy sort of, you know, song and everything, and then you kind of get the the doom. Set. It, that is is a cool trailer. Yeah, well, I, I noticed too. Uh, I pull a lot of the notes for the show, and while I was pulling uh, the actors in it, there is only three actors in the movie. So, oh wow, and it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, right? Yes, and she's fantastic. So, yep. Yeah, there's it's that. Be interesting, but yeah. yeah, there's only three actors, so I think a lot of it's going to take place in the in the closed room. It's, it's like a guess. stage play yeah. for screen. Yeah, I like it. Yep, I'm in. All right, Matt. Speaking of new movies, Spike Lee's musical satire about Chicago's sickening violence problem comes to Amazon Prime free to stream for members. We took a peek to see if it was worth recommending. This is an emergency. This is an emergency. Homicides in Chicago, Illinois, have surpassed the death toll 
of American Special Forces in Iraq. Hey, Ptolemies! Welcome to Chirac! The story is based on a classical Greek comedy play in which women withhold sex from their husbands as punishment for fighting in a war. Set on Chicago's South Side, Spike Lee relates this to the, to the gang warfare taking place there. After the young daughter of Jennifer Hudson's character is killed by a drive-by shooting, the neighborhood women make a pact. They will withhold sex from their men until the violence stops. As serious of a subject matter this is, Matt, this is actually a comedy. And while I did find a few moments to be hilarious, the humor did not work that well. It should be noted that the characters speak in a rhyming poetry throughout the film. At times, this is clever, and at other times, it felt forced to me. One element I actually hated was John Cusack as the white preacher trying to unite the neighborhood and stop the violence. I am really starting to dislike this guy. The rest of the cast, including Angela Bassett, Nick Cannon, Wesley Snipes, Samuel L. Jackson, are all solid, but none of them really stood out. This is a subject I would actually like to see tackled again. Ride the Movie Guy's grave for Chirac, two and a half jaws. Did you say you didn't like Lloyd Dobler? No, I love Lloyd Dobler. I just don't like the latest incarnation of John Cusack. You know what he was great in? Uh, But have you seen that film where he is basically the voice uh, while Tobey Maguire is playing the the piano? Is that called Grand Piano? Oh, I have not seen that. Oh, no. Yes, great movie. That one's good. Fantastic. So He's high, really good in it. High fidelity. Okay, no, I, no, that's pretty good also. But that's going back some years. I, this okay, is recent. Yeah, this, this is recent. recent. He's okay, a bad now guy. Now I'm saying, like last year, there was Love and Mercy, where he played the older Brian Wilson. Paul Dano played a lot of, the younger. A lot of people loved it. Loved the movie myself as well. It would have been on my top ten if it wasn't for John Cusack in the movie. <laughs> it really would have. I absolutely loved the film, but it's like, oh, Cusack sort of killed it for me. I don't mm. know. I just don't think he's that. Good of an actor. Gross Point Blank. Well, going back some years ago, I but yes, check I'll out give this most recent film. I, I I promise you, it's great, and he's really menacing. And he, he's not even credited. I mean, I kind of ruined it for you. You don't realize it's John Cusack until three quarters of the way through the movie. Okay. Hey, um, what but, about 2012? Right. Yeah. I mean, this. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> okay. crap. But but yeah, the yeah. other the other thing in here too is. Uh, Watching a movie about our home city, and obviously all of us sitting at this table are from Chicago and love the city so much. And and sometimes I, I watch the news, and and I just heard, and I know a lot of people listen to this podcast, you know, around the world and around the country. It's two months in, we are at 100 murders in the city alone. It's the, the murder sickening. capital, right? It is sickening. Yeah, What's but going we're not on? though. That's the thing. Okay, I understand. also the media. We're not the murder capital per capita. We have a we we don't have as many as a whole lot of other cities. It, but it. The media loves to, yeah, I don't know. It's I, a I think there's Tim, it's, it's a, a problem. Oh, God, it's a problem. For sure. Jesus, it's a problem. But the idea that it's like, this is a Chicago problem, and you'll... And it's, oh, I think it's everywhere also. Yeah. I'm not saying, I know Baltimore, Philadelphia, they're all running yeah, you know, with, yeah. with major cities. But I'm just saying for my Detroit, own, I, I'm not just know. trying to say, brush it off on other cities, saying like, I want it to tackle the issue. So I'd like to see another filmmaker's take on it and not be... Sort of this, you know, satire on you know this Greek play. I really want to see it tackle the I- issue where I think it would hit home with the people who are causing the Plus violence down on the south side. I mean, right, it, he sort of seems like yeah. an outsider. Yeah, totally. I, I want somebody like a, a Chicago filmmaker, like Elias Rodriguez, <laughs> to tackle it and say, "Hey, guys, come on, spread the love, put the guns away." You know what I mean? The, it's, the it's best really ridiculous film I've seen on that point. subject is The Interrupters. Oh, I love that movie. Which is wonderful. You know, Highly a, recommend. A brain it. changer. It's yeah. just such a, you know, it's such an insight into what no, people. People think it's because, oh, because they're, you know, 
because they're all gangsters. And you, you watch that film, it's like, no, it's not actually that at all. It's 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 people who are not involved in gangs. People who are just frustrated, and you know, yeah, it's an amazing film, and everyone should watch it. And maybe you can stop judging Chicago. Yeah, and I, I do think Spike Lee does bring up in in Chirac a little bit that it isn't just as simple as saying, "Hey, put the guns down because it's a gang issue." I mean, you got the the, the problem where there just isn't enough work down on the south side. There's way too many people unemployed. It's poverty, and, yeah, yeah, poverty, and then that too that leads to. Poor, poor education, yeah. hopelessness, and there, it's a huge issue that, that you yeah. got to tackle it from multiple ways. Yeah. And, and I, racism too. I mean, it's, it's oh, rough. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. racism first, For then sure. poverty, then you know, yeah, yeah. But that's a whole that's yeah. a different podcast. Yeah, it's a different it podcast. Yeah. Yeah. but it is streaming. If you have Amazon Prime, check I'm it gonna, out. I'm going to check jobs. it out. Yeah, so, okay. There you go. And I do like seeing our city, and it opens up right by my neighborhood in Wicker Park, Bucktown. Has a nice. Uh, crane shot right there in the middle of the neighborhood which was pretty cool, cool. so yeah. yeah there you go two and a half jaws for Chirac there were no girl superheroes in this and before we get to our top five list uh, me and Matt had a little bit of a uh, brouhaha on our slack as we were getting ready for this and we wanted to bring Tim in on this and it's difficult because whenever this actually does come up I feel that Matt sets it up that we have this argument when we have a comic book guy on so it's very difficult for me to make my argument when you make your living Writing comics, okay? But I'll say my piece. Is it okay if I say my piece? You say your piece. All right. So my big issue was I started to ban all Marvel movies. I, I took a stand a year ago, and I said, I'll never see another Marvel movie again. And here we're reviewing movies every week on the show. But it's and not just Marvel. It's superhero films. No, originally I just said Marvel. But okay, I'll just do all superhero movies because they're all dumb anyways. But what? Here, here's my point. No. This <laughs> guy. My point when I was trying to do that was because people like Matt were starting to anger me more and more. And... This is like the mass public, and, and Matt's just a microcosm of it. I mean, the guy's got a, a attention span of a, a pee over there. What'd you so, say? So uh, he'll always get really excited. I'm, we go back and forth. Hey, we got to see this movie together. He won't see it. He won't see it. Oh, we miss a movie. Oh, Matt, you see this? No, he misses it. It, it angers me because we're doing this podcast. I mean, it really does. It gets under my skin. Then all of a sudden, something like Iron Man 3 comes out, and I talk to him. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw it twice over the weekend. Well, he, he'll tell me every excuse under the book to, that he can't. Oh, I couldn't get out of the house. I you couldn't know. get out of the house. Hold on. But it, he never misses <laughs> a comic book movie. Now, here's the deal. There's a lot of people like Matt like that. And, and my issue is there's wonderful films, be it Spotlight or Room or whatever, movies that are making. I'm not saying that comic book movies are bad. That was never my point. My, my issue was to call out people to say, hey, there's other films that you guys should see. Not get all excited because there's a new guy with tights running around this, uh, this city. What, what's see cinema what's see all of cinema not just comic book movies that's my main gripe well can this. i counter you with a equal an equal uh are you now this is the first time i met tim for the, the listeners well it's actually an agreement to a degree i would say i wish people would go out and read comic books instead of getting excited about comic book movies and not reading comic books there you go man so i mean i i agree with you go read some comic books uh you like the themes you like the ideas every month people make these stories and, and create amazing things that you're basing these films on i think people get excited for films more than they than they earn and they sh they don't uh, spend enough of their time on media like my comic books which it's a good know, point yeah yeah my, my second issue is how upset the Is fans part get. Two to yes, this? My, my, I don't know if I. Signed I had up to get this. this all off my chest. All my right. second, my second issue was how upset these comic book people get over the movies 
when they're basing them to the authenticity of, say, the comic. I mean, Matt can literally piss his pants. I mean, you can't <laughs> believe how upset he is. That isn't how it is in the comic. Or, oh, they got it just right. Okay, I go see all these movies. I read books. I get upset that maybe Angelina Jolie butchered Unbroken, which was a wonderful, wonderful book. But all right, I don't sit there and cry and think it's the end of the world. You listen to some of these comic book people. If they didn't get it quite right to the comic, like the comic is the Holy Bible, they're, they're about to like chop somebody's head off. Get a grip with it. It's it's a movie. It's entertainment. Leave it alone. It happens all the time with books. He was first in line at Star Wars, by the way. Well, I mean, and I, you know, maybe not a comic. Well, it has been. influenced by comics. I mean, no doubt. Th- yeah, for sure. That they pulled a lot from Lucas was a you know fan of Jack Kirby and all that sort of. But I okay to your point, and I and I think. Um, one of the things I think we, which you will see gripe from comic fans is that when comic book films fail to connect the audience, it's often because filmmakers uh, arrogantly chose to ignore the things that, that they've figured out that work about comic films for 50, 75 years. Yes. When you change Fantastic Four and then the movie bombs and you blame the comic, it's because you changed Fantastic Four. It's not the fault of the property, the comics. It's the fault of your arrogance that you think you can make it better. Look, you have to adapt things to their medium. But if you change the fundamental basics of what they're about, and for no good that's reason, that's on you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they, you know, that's. I, I, I do. I, I think there's a passion for that sort of thing. But I mean, I wish it was. I wish that passion got translated into into readership of of comics. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, there, there's a weird disconnect with people. They love comic book movies. They don't love comics. They they don't love film in general. I, I, I don't understand it. There's a weird... I mean, I'm, I'm benefiting from it, so I should shut my face. But but there, I wish that comics had the audience that film did, but I also wish that film had the audience that comic book movies had. Right. That's a good way to say it. Wow. Nice. That is probably the best way I've ever heard it put. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well good way. Good way to transition. You know what? Here. I'm just going to leave it there. All right. Tim, perfect. Tim said it well. All right. Swing, I'm going to do my number five because my picks are all going to be terrible. And, and wait, wait. For the record, I just want to say this. You have, you have broadened my horizons, and my goal is just to broaden yours, Rye. All right. Here's my number five. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was mentioned really at the top of the show. List. No, on. this was one of my creative picks because I was so excited. I all literally right. went over this for about two hours to Go come on. up with five. All right. All right. Yep. Uh, at number five, Elias mentioned her earlier, came out in 2004, voiced by Holly Hunter. I'm speaking of Elastic Girl from The Incredibles. Excellent choice. All right. That is an excellent choice. Okay. I love Pixar movies. This is one of the highlights for me. i you know, big fan of it. And you got a wife, a mom, a superhero, all around perfect. And I think Holly Hunter, when I was reading that, she needs to voice more cartoons. She has an awesome voice. I agree. You know? Yeah. Very and, distinctive. And I am not going to cross over uh, for your list at all. I will say that I had Elastigirl on, but I'll sub one out. Good. And she wasn't my number five. Okay. Are we swinging? Which way are we uh, going? We'll throw it over Let's to Tim Let's go to now. Tim, yeah. Well, now I'm ashamed that I didn't think of Incredibles. So <laughs> this is on me. That's a great film. It's one of the, That's a better Fantastic Four movie than we've ever gotten. Um, but, okay, so I put for five. Maybe controversial. Uh, it's worth discussing. I put Furiosa. Uh, not a traditional superhero in the sense that she has a you know secret origin and all this sort of crap, but the character no, no we're what are buzzing you right away. If we, if I could have went with that pick, I, I'd be okay. Well, I'm telling list. you, I can argue why I think the character is a superhero. Go ahead, superheroine. Uh, one, she has she has the kind of uh, a motivation 
that causes her to do justice. It's it's actually kind of a classic superhero story. She was doing one thing, saw injustice, and turned against what she was doing to fight against it. It's it's done a million times in a, a, a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, she takes on a basically new identity to a degree. She goes from the sort of the Imperator to you know Furiosa the Rebel. There's a scene where she she basically puts on a mask when she takes the grease from the thing and covers her face. It's technically. I'm gonna count it for myself. You can disagree, uh, but I would say as a character, it's the one of the best sort of feminist heroes ever in cinema. She's a super stone cold badass. She's human, and and it has a great arc in that film. So uh, I'm gonna call it a superhero. You may disagree, but I, I do disagree. <laughs> I, here, I I love the I love the pick as far as the way you just sold it. And I I love the movie. I love Shirley Theron, her performance and everything about it, but. My gripe here is me and Matt go back and forth, and he, he drives you need to through. Just get out of your tiny little hole and oh, think about you things a little son differently. Of a bitch. You know what? I mean, literally, oh, superhero, and I'm telling him like this is just no good for me. You know, I don't know. He, I mean, if I could go with that, I, I'd cruise through my I top five. I kept telling you, think outside the box. But you kept saying he's a comic guy. Let's do superheroes. It's, well, yeah. yeah, no, but I love superheroes. But I, but I also have a thing that I think the way people define superheroes is a little bit. I mean. It can be a little bit narrow uh, if if the notion is just that you know a superhero puts on tights and and then goes and fights in a city. I don't know that that is, I would agree with that. I, I agree with you. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a superhero film, but it takes place in space. You know, uh, it, so it's again, it, your mileage may vary. I think it's worth discussing, uh, but I, I think that character to me represents a, a, a very much a, um, a you know a, a perfect archetype of a female superhero, and that's why. The response was so, the, you know, the so only reason I, I'm giving you the pick, the only reason I would give you crap is because she doesn't necessarily have any sort of special abilities. Neither is Batgirl. She has a, but, but that's she, true. She has a metallic arm. Okay. And she drives done. a rig. So, and only she can drive that rig. Yeah. So it's like an, an Iron Man almost. Yeah. Right. If you hated that pick, Ryan, just wait to <laughs> oh, hear my no. number five. Oh, no. Right. Boy, did I get duped. Oh, you sure did, man. <laughs> at, at number five, and I have a definition for superhero. At any point, I can pull that out if you're ready. Uh, at number five, I have a, a, a woman who swooped in. Uh, she flies. She saved a family from the brink of destruction, brought them back, and made them whole. Don't even tell me. Mary Poppins. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way I'm letting this fly. That's ridiculous. It's not. That is so stupid. Matt, that is absolutely retarded. Absolutely not. That's totally awful. Come on. That's what we're talking about. This is. You're you're telling me Mary Poppins is a superhero. Mary Poppins is an inspiration to little girls everywhere. Your topic is weak this week, and you're 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 stretching. (laughs) Absolutely not. She's a feminist icon. Hours of stupid superhero movies, so I could get my pits right, and you go with Mary Poppins. Julie Andrews' best performance. Period. This is ridiculous. If you're putting Mary Poppins in as a well, female superhero, then uh, this, this wow. is a terrible lesson. Hey, this, <laughs> this is an absolutely Does dumb lesson. You know what? I say we just stop the cinema jar right here. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done. This is another oh, nominee just, for Matt's Yoda Award where he stretches. And I was right about that, too. <laughs> Look, here here we go. You ready? You want, do you want me to pull out the definition or save it? Go ahead, but you know you what you're pulling here. You were talking superheroes tying it in with comics, top, tying it in with no, Wonder Woman. I'm just saying, hey, right. female superhero, man. She's a, a being with extraordinary physical or mental powers far beyond the range of normal human ability, who uses these powers to protect the innocent and for the general good. Yes or no? Mary Hell Poppins. yes. Hell yes. Boom. 
No comments. <laughs> Plus, if it was just comments, I'm we not going to argue anymore. I'm just going to get through my list. We could have talked about it. Ghost World, there, right? We were, you know, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Number All four. Right, here's my number four, guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Number four. Uh, I think this is a, a wonderful pick. Rewatched part of the movie today to get ready for this one. Uh, number four, I go with Buffy Summer, better known as Buffy the Vampire Hunter. Good choice Slayer. from the Buffy movie. The yeah, vampire you're, you're Slayer, I guess. Chrissy Sorry. Swanson movie. Yes. That's a fantastic Christy pick. Christy Swanson. It's a great There choice. you go. All right. She hunts vampires. Yeah. you got humor, action. A great cast in here, too. Luke Perry, David Arquette, Donald Sutherland, Hilary Swink. All in the film, and it made me think. God, I got to go back and watch the movie. Also, highly influenced by comics because Joss Whedon is a huge comic book fan and has written some great comic books, including the X Men run. That's spectacular. It is spectacular. So they're just saying it's right. uncanny. It's uncanny. All right, so I'm, I'm killing Matt on his own list here. So far. well, she's that not exactly good. a superhero, but I'll give it to you. Oh, that's def- <laughs> Buffy's definitely oh, superhero. I'm just I'm just giving him. All right, and we throw it over to Tim. Uh, I'm I went sour. with number four. Uh, I went with Black Widow uh, from the Marvel movies. I'm going to say my favorite film with her in it is not the Avengers movies, though. I mean, I like the character. Uh, I loved her in Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yeah. You see that. It's kind of first time you see some vulnerability. Um, you kind of see, you know, a real point for her being in those stories, which before she sometimes seems a little, like, shoved in those films. But um, uh, my only gripe with that character is I love that character as a kid. That's one of my favorite original superheroes. She was leading the Avengers when I was reading the Avengers when I was a kid. But... Uh, I always imagine her with a Russian accent, so when I hear Scarlett Johansson not do a Russian accent, it bums me out a little bit. Yeah. But other than that, I think the character's great. I love the fact that uh, little girls buy costumes and dress up as Black Widow. That makes my day. So I had Black Widow on my list for no other reason than Scarlett Johansson plays her and she wears tight outfits. That's why she was at number three. But here, here's one small gripe I have about it, because you guys all take it because you know the character. Now, I never heard of Black Widow until I saw whatever movie well, she appeared in. you've seen the films. Okay, but, but it's amazing. My take on Black Widow, there, there's re- I don't even know who she is, really. She's pretty point. well defined, I think, in Avengers two and in Cap two. I think never saw Avengers two, but uh, in Cap two, she has a lot of really good. There, stuff. she's yeah. pretty good, yeah. and, but but I really don't know the character that well. It's amazing the difference. If you haven't read the comics, it's like ah, I'm starting to get to know her a little bit. But yeah, I, that's I don't, fair. I don't have really a lot of characters know her to cover. Much, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. but yeah, but that character is fantastic. That's one of the better. That's a great Marvel character. All right, uh, that brings us to my number four, and I have Selma Blair as Liz Sherman in Hellboy. I just, I loved how vulnerable that character was. That she had, it's really difficult to describe without seeming like I'm belittling her because she was extremely powerful and strong in her own right, but she was fractured, you know? She she had some sort of damage done uh, that she was working through in this movie, and obviously she was the love interest. Hellboy was trying to fall in love with her. She was falling in love with an agent, and I thought it was a great performance. Probably Selma Blair's best. I don't know if I can point to another one that tops it right off the top of my head. And I, what I, was that Todd Salon's film she was in that made everyone really uncomfortable? Did you ever see that movie? Throat in the jaw box. Yeah. All I, right. I don't oh. know off the top of my head. I, I really think that uh, that's, that's her, her best role. And I like that character, Liz Sherman. Good choice. Do need to see that movie. Got to catch up with it. You've never seen Hellboy? No. Oh, dude, yeah. You know what? The comic, if you want to do, if you want to read something and then go, you know what? Comics are amazing. That's a decent film. That comic book is a hundred times better. Hmm. Trust me. Yeah? I promise you. How how many issues do I got to read? You can just read the first trade. You'll be completely satisfied. 
Cool. I'll All read right. the first trade. I promise. Seed of destruction. I'll take Tim up on that. All right. All right. I I'll promise. Read the first trade. You know what? I'll I'll go a one up on that. I will buy it for you. Your birthday's coming up. It that's, is. That's your gift. Yes. Hellboy. Wow. I'll buy you one too. I'll get you the second volume. This is so excited. <laughs> Phil. Phil. Anybody? Intern. Elias. <laughs> All right. This is great. <laughs> All right. Swings it over to my number three. That's where I had Black Widow actually. Uh, and as I mentioned. Uh, because she wears tight outfits and is played by Scarlett Johansson. So I have one honorable mention, and I'm going to throw it in here, and that is Mystique, played by Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. For the same reasons I like Black Widow. It's Jennifer Lawrence in a, a blue skin-tight outfit. The character actually in the second one, I, I didn't, haven't seen all the X-Men films, but the, the last one, what was the last one Days called? Future, Future Past. Past. It really was sort of the Jennifer Lawrence show, you know. The well, they realized what movie. they had. Right. They signed so they, her up for three movies. And they went, "Shit, we got to use this." We, yes, yeah. exactly. So she sort of became the main ex woman, I guess, is what we would call it in this sense. Right. And she's obviously she's a villain for the most part. Right. The, and it was pretty yeah. interesting. So I did yeah, like ish. it. She's yeah. a villain. So I did yeah. like it. So that would be Anti-hero. my hero. I'll throw that yeah. in at number three, Mystique. Good See, choice. Matt, I, I can hang with the boys. I like it. Yeah. Good pick. All right, number three, I had Catwoman and Hathaway version. Uh, I think uh, that's the best thing about that third Batman film. Uh, Batman is my favorite character uh, in superheroes and comics, but that film is not very good. Dark Knight Rises, it's kind of a mess. It's all over the place. Bane doesn't quite connect, but the best part of that film, without a doubt, is Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. She's clearly a, a bad girl, but she's also really vulnerable and human and makes some really... Uh, sort of, uh, she has a good arc, I think, and she looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of hate how Nolan is so ashamed to call the character Catwoman that she's never called that, and that to make her ears, there's got to be a goggles flipped up. But I agree. But that it's a cool. great. It's a really. I hate. It was an attempt to be cool though, and it was too. Well, on the I nose. hate the embarrassment of stuff where you have to justify it by like it's grounded. Like just. Don't ever use the term "grounded" again and make me happy. But but the character is is true to source and and the arc is true to source. And she looks fantastic. Th- this is I agree. This is the, what's wrong with you, little comic book guys. Is is you you put ears it's on so her? So belittling. Hey, you put ears on her, and then next thing you know, you guys are like, "It's too campy. It's too campy." No, I never say that. All right. Well, Matt does a lot of times, and I know other I people like do. camp. Uh, other people are like, "Oh, it's too campy." Well, right. You, you gotta know, balance the big, it. The big problem to me is that there's this weird disconnect where. In th- comics, things are chosen because they look good in 2D on paper, and they that's all they have to do. They have to look good on paper. That's it. But in films, you have this thing where it's got to be explained and be grounded and realistic. And the, the excuse for any weird choice that's made in a comic book when translated to film should just be because it looks cool. Who gives a crap? Why Why are we overdoing it? Just I don't put ears on that. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, who gives a shit? Her name's Catwoman. She's a cat thief. Good enough. <laughs> I agree with you. Originitis. All films do that when they do that. But yeah, yeah, that's my own beef. We throw it over to Matt. All right. At number three, I have Mila Jovovich in The Fifth Element. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Could have gone a lot of different ways with Mila. I yeah. think uh, you, you could maybe it's on somebody else's list, but you, you could have put out the Resident Evil character who who did become sort of a superhero yeah. unto herself. Not great films. No. But that's that's why I'm going with the Fifth Element. Which yeah, I that's a great film. Yeah. Awesome movie. Awesome movie. Wonderful film. But again, I don't think of her as a superhero in the movie she as much is as she's a, really. She's, she's in, the chosen she's, one. She's at the end of the day. Is Neo a superhero? At the end yeah. of the day, right? I don't know. You weren't thinking about it, but it's she open is open for superhero. debate. No, sure. I thought about it. I, I literally saw it pop up, and I thought, well, it's not what we're looking for on this list. That was my exact take. So on she's it. not cape and tights, the traditional superhero. She has from tights the, on. She does have. That's true. <laughs> 
but she's not from the pages of the comic book, like uh, pulp four color stuff. She's strange visitor from another planet. She's Superman. I mean, she yeah, dude, it's totally worth. What superpowers does she have? I, I don't remember exactly. It's been a few years since I I've don't seen think the she film. has any. No, she does. Does she? she? Yes, no. she does. She's super strong. She's like uh, like a trained killer. Like has all these combat moves and stuff. And okay. she had a bunch of powers. Mm. Throw in the jaw box. What powers did she display? Still don't think that's really much of a superhero. It's a great Not what pick. we're looking for here. Not at all. Swings it over to my number two, and here is a super oh, superhero. Lay it on us. All right. I mean, she has superpowers. Could be a supervillain, I guess. All right. All right. But one of my favorites and one of my favorite superhero films still today, I'm speaking of Ursa, played by Sarah Douglas in Superman 2. Oh. She is pretty good. You're talking about uh, one of the Kryptonians. Yeah. Okay. God bless you. Now, Sarah Douglas, who plays Ursa, uh, General Zod's number two, I believe, right? Lo and behold, right when we meet her, uh, she gets to the moon. I love this scene in Superman 2. She rips off the patch of the astronaut on the moon and then literally, Matt, boots him off of the moon. One kick, and the astronaut goes flying off the moon. That's what I'm talking about, right? And then, two, she has this wonderful moment where they they finally land wherever they're at uh, on Earth and... She sees she sees (laughs) these humans flying around in helicopters shooting at them, you know, Uh and I love this line. Maybe Phil can drop it in here where she's like, look at them. These humans, they need machines to fly. Primitive sort of life form. Like she's so like shocked by it all. And you end up hating her so much that one of the great moments in superhero history, Matt, is when Lois Lane finally turns around and clocks her in Superman 2. That's what I'm talking about. You're having fun in a superhero movie. You're not taking yourself so seriously. I like that pick. I do too. It's a good pick. It's a good film too. Probably the best pick of the night here. And I don't know my superheroes. (laughs) So, all right. Uh, That's my number two. All right, my number two is from the film Super by James Gunn. Uh, it's Bolty, otherwise known as Libby, comic book store girl, uh, played by Ellen Page. Uh, super great movie. Very much a um, sort of an homage to the, the sort of obsession with real-life superheroes and what that would be like. Uh, but Bolty is completely unhinged once she puts the mask on and, um, you know, goes from being enthusiastic to being a maniac with Wolverine claws cutting a dude apart. It's a great, weird movie. Love it. Love I, haven't, that whole thing. I haven't seen the film. That's yeah. one that I would like to check out. That's it's a great. Confession of mine, too. I haven't seen that. And it's oh, on it's Netflix. Great. I know. I got to see that one. Yeah. And I like Ellen Page in, in certain roles. She was actually in the X-Men, too. She's Kitty Pride. Yeah. Yeah. Matt had mentioned. I, I didn't know the uh, character's name. Now that he says that, it hits me that you had mentioned Kitty Pride. But she can teleport or something, right? Uh, she phases through solid objects. Which they somehow Pretty made it cool. a time travel, but who cares? It was cool. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I, I'm down with it. All right. Matt, what do you got in there? All right. So w- this is number two, right? At number two, in all honesty, I had Elastigirl. I, I really like Elastigirl, but I said I would not cross over with Ryan. I want his picks to be original. So I'm going to go with Helen Slater from Supergirl. Good choice. And uh, th- this movie is from 1984, and, and I must admit, I think it's been at least... 10, at least 10, maybe 15, possibly 20 years since I've seen this movie. It's been a long, long time. But I remember loving it as a kid and even as a, as a guy, uh, really, really loving uh, the strength of Supergirl and that she was a female kicking some ass out there. And, and Helen Slater was, was attractive, but they didn't play up her attractiveness to like a, They didn't a sexualize her, but she was beautiful. Right. 
Helen exactly. Slater is stunningly beautiful in that movie. Well said. They did yeah. not hypersexualize her, which too often happens, I think, you know? Yeah. Just well, it has its place not in Supergirl. And and so yeah. and for a novice like me when it comes to superheroes, who is Supergirl in relation to Super She's his cousin. Cousin? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought I thought turns, turns out another uh, person got off a of Krypton and it just so happened to be his cousin. Huh. What Amazing. are the odds? Amazing. All right, swings it over to my number one, and it was ruined. Ruined by Tim. We're never having him back on the jaw. <laughs> I'm also speaking... I'm sorry. I'm also speaking of Catwoman, played by Anne Hathaway as well. I think really? she did the best job, for sure. Oh, oh God, hands guys. Down. No way. <laughs> hands Jesus. down. I, I love the aspect that she was quote-unquote, a thief first. Sort of like, I, I love the opening part of it. But then, too, vulnerable and to the point where she could be swayed to all of a sudden start helping Batman out. It made sense. Her character arc in that short film did. And I remember when it first came out. It wasn't a out, short film, but. <laughs> Her short arc in that long film. <laughs> all right, well, when the film first came out, uh, Dark Knight Rises, I remember not liking it as well. I remember coming on I here agree. and sort of like bashing it. But I think we were all holding it to the standard of The Dark Knight, too. We had everybody had right, such high expectations, yeah. right? It was off the hook. Now, I still went and bought the Blu-ray just to complete the series. And, and <laughs> I, I watched it. Self-punishing film fan. I, I watched it about a, a year ago, way under the radar, now thinking, hey, all this is is a comic book movie. Just have fun with it. Oh. It's amazing how much better it is right now than having those high expectations like, oh, it's got to live up to The Dark Knight. Now, if I watch it, I'm like... It really wasn't terrible. I enjoyed it. I'm not it's saying it was... a little messy, man. Oh, it is a little messy, but I enjoyed it. I, I, I like Bane. I, I love Catwoman. Why do you like him exactly? Because <laughs> of that voice. Yeah. That was my Bane impression, Tim. Which but is yeah, me. I'm trying to deal with the fact that he says all it is is a comic book movie. And all I can think is like Ghost World was a comic book movie. American Splendor was a comic book movie. Those are, those are wonderful Persepolis. films. Hey, all it is is a comic book movie? Road to Perdition, one of your favorites. Oh, it hurts me so much. You can say all it is is a superhero movie, but get your genre and your medium straight, man. Well, those are graphic <laughs> novels, a little bit different. No, it's also. not. It's comics. It's all comics. Nope, nope, nope. Different. Oh, <laughs> you can hit him if you want to. <laughs> I, I don't even know why some call it a graphic novel. Some I've picked up. It. This is what 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 was that uh, one we we just reviewed? Diary of a Teenage Girl, yeah. and and Matt's like, oh yeah, I read it. He's trying to seem all sophisticated over there, and so he's like, oh yeah, I, I read Diary of a Teenage Girl, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a good graphic novel. I wouldn't even call it a graphic novel. This was out of Matt's own own words. He's like, it, it's more words than pictures. I said so, prose, yeah. So it's anyways. <laughs> Anyways, my point being, then where does it become a novel and become a graphic novel? Hey, what difference where, does it make? It's it art. Blend? It's all one thing. This is the, what I'm trying well, to get through your head. It, it doesn't matter, right? It's all just art. Just accept it and love, love it, and it doesn't matter if it's superheroes. It's all got something to say, and it, just judge it on its own merits, not whether or not people are flying or have tights on or if there's words in the graphics or if there's graphics in the words who cares all right and then you do the same if there's two people having cigarettes and talking in a diner for an hour and 45 minutes go see that movie as <laughs> I, well I have, they might have something to say i have been trying to do that if there's no big explosions or some guy wearing tights not you true. don't see the movie that's not true no, i went and saw true. room i went and saw witch i went this and saw... was your better year don't get me wrong go back <laughs> go back three years ago this guy saw kids, five man. movies a year i got young kids and that's three my excuse of them were iron man <laughs> I can't miss the oh. event films. All right. I did enjoy that, that boy, oh particular boy. exchange. That was All good. right. All right. My number one, also Catwoman, but Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Thank you. Uh, best superhero this ever a in a film. List. Holy to moly. <laughs> the, not a great origin, not a great film, but a good film. 
but Catwoman Michelle Pfeiffer is so great in that movie. Uh, her arc is awesome. The performance is awesome. She's sexy. She's 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 tough. She's badass. She she takes that movie from Batman, who uh, it, it should really be a Catwoman movie. Uh, All time favorite superhero superheroine in movie for sure. And I, actually, I like that movie better now as I'm older when I realize. I always kind of hated that she had this origin. Her origin was that she was licked to life by cats. That was ridiculous. And that well, she, she, had, she had nine lives. That and that nice. she thought she, or, th- or that she had nine lives. And then, it's, I, I don't remember where I read this, and someone said, she doesn't have nine lives. She thinks she has nine lives. And she imagined the scene with the cats. And then I'm like, I like that movie way better all of a huh. sudden. So that particular little little tweak to it uh, makes me enjoy the film even better. Written by Dana Waters, who did Heathers. So there's a lot of subversive, funny stuff in there. Uh, yeah, absolutely the best. I, I agree. In, in all honesty, I was going to make that my number one uh, because of the pick that I had would have pissed Rye off too much. <laughs> but since you went ahead and, and took it, uh, I, I agree with everything you just said. Michelle Pfeiffer's best role by far. Tell me another one that's better. It ain't Grease 2. I'm going to go <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with what I had written down, which okay. was mainly to piss Rye off. Although I really agree that this, I really do think she's a great superhero. Ray from Star Wars The Force Awakens. No, I'm not even going to uh. give him a buzzer. <laughs> She's hey. a great heroine. I'm not saying, but she is not a superhero. What superpower does she have? The, the force. force. She that, can do everything. This all becomes a whole other thing. The all Force superpowers. is not comics. Hey, is Luke a superhero? Nah. Let's go to commercial. Hey, does he have... <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't even feel like arguing anymore. No, I'm, I'm so upset. Well, the, the other thing, too, you, you got to understand, Elias can really appreciate this because we go back and forth, and, and Elias sees a lot of the, the comments that we make when we're, we're picking these. If we know we're going to have a comic book guy on like you, we go back and forth. We're trying to tie it in. I wanted to go comic book... Um, Fights in comic book scenes, great battle moments in, in comic book movies. All right, and it's it's pretty for me. Not being a comic book guy would have been much easier for me to come oh, up. Oh man, that would okay. have been a cheat. I would have, I would have been so sad if you guys had done that instead of women. But but my point being that we go back and forth, and Matt finally wins the argument and says, "Hey, we're going to do women." And then he comes up with all these that are really nothing to do with, quote-unquote, what he was going for towards me was superhero. Oh, you can come up with him. The, here's all we... If you, we went over the yeah, list let that it he go, gave buddy. me. No, Mystique. How, Elias, back me In up In fact, here. there's another one. Let it go. Uh, Elsa from... Hey, he gives, yeah, hey when, when he's giving me... When he's giving me example, he's like, dude, look at all these that I just came up with. He named all superhero women. Like A lot Mystique, of the X-Men. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So Jean I'm like, Grey. okay, so that's what I go with. And then we turn around and Matt's going Ray from Star Wars. <laughs> I definitely agree she's We're taking a week off, for sure. Oh, We're taking man. a week off, for sure. I mean, I had, I I've had my Matt Phil. This may, is really pissing me off. But maybe the education, and hopefully this is the thing to take away, is there's not enough female superheroes. There's not enough prominent female superheroes. There's a lot of them in the comic books, but only recently have they started to get more starring roles in their own titles and their own sort of fandoms. Uh that should be happening in films too. We, why doesn't Black Widow have a film? Why doesn't She Hulk have a film? Why doesn't She Hulk? She Hulk is one of the greatest. I comic tried book to tell him this ever created without a doubt. She-Hulk. Dude, <laughs> see that's some judgmental crap. Right I, it is. It really it is one is. of the finest oh, characters. Uh, but I mean, look at the way I have a niece. She's three years old. She-Hulk. This weekend, I I got my my nephew a a, a, a Nightwing figure. And I got her uh, a, a doll that she likes the color pink, and she I got her a pink doll. And she said, "I want Batman, but I want him to be pink." And I realized we have done a terrible job at giving girls action heroes to look up to and superheroes to look up to, and we have to do more of it. That's well, that's we the also need to Good make uh, a pink Good Batman. Points. 
Well, they do make one. Thank God I found it. I bought it for her. There nice. you go. They do make a pink Batman, and That's he awesome. looks fabulous. All right. Jawheads, if you enjoyed any of this, shoot us a tweet at Cinema Jaw. Let us know your favorite female superhero. And we're talking actual superheroes. Uh, what we're going to do is take a quick break. When we come back, we have Tim's girlfriend coming on to say <laughs> her top three favorite female superheroes, plus a cinema war looking at best actress, best supporting actress, and trivia. John Goodman movie trivia. We'll be right back on Cinema Jaw. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Cinema Jaw is brought to you by C2E2. Hey, Rye, I know you're a big comic book fan. Am I ever, Matthew? You're looking forward to going to C2E2 yet again this year. Am I getting dragged to that again? You are, yes. We're going to be covering it on press passes. You can stop by and, and meet us. We're going to be wandering around, going to panels, interviewing people, having a good time. Yes, even our guest this week, Tim Seeley, you're going to be at C2E2, are you not? I will. I will be in Artist Alley, so come by and say hi. You know your booth number yet? Uh, no. I usually don't know my booth number until I show up. But right. it'll, it'll be in the artist alley somewhere. All right. Find Tim Seeley there. Find Cinema Jaw there. And uh, we thank them for their support. To get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby. To get ourselves a treat. And we are back on Cinema Jaw hanging out with comic book extraordinaire may i say tim seeley all right he has moved way up in my book well, comic book artist extraordinaire he's not a comic book no but but he is not just well now that i know an artist what and Ryan an author of comics right. being a comic book extraordinaire is kind of an insult now that i know what he thinks about him it's true it's kind uh, of like a dig damn it didn't think anybody else caught on to that oh <laughs> <laughs> good stuff but uh tim the other question i had uh before we open up the jaw box was these sort of digital comics where people can uh, now get them all on their tablets. Have you done a, a comics of that nature where it's just geared to that, or is it always print and then it's just switched over to a digital comic? Um, no, I mean I've done web comics and and you know digital first, but um, you know all my books are available on Comicsology and uh, and other services. Uh, if you want to read it digital, more power to you. Uh, I personally have run out of room in my house, so I read a lot of comics digitally. So. So all good to me. But, you know, if you can go to your local comic store and blow some money there, that's even better. For sure. But are there some comics that are just made digitally? Yeah, There sure. are. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. web comics are a big okay. thing. I mean, you know, I mean, basically uh, the, it started out where there was kind of a separation between print web comics, but uh, the, the, the gap has sort of been bridged, and a lot of web comic creators now work in traditionally print comics and and other way around, it, you know, it's all just comics. We don't really care how you get it. So. Gotcha. And there's experimental people too that do stuff that's kind of geared toward web because there's no edge of the page. You know, Scott McCloud is a good source to check out for that sort of thing. Sweet. And again, for the jawheads that want to follow you on Twitter, uh, I am at Hackin Tim Seeley. Do it. Yeah. Great guest. Please do. And I'm sure he's fun on Twitter. Uh, yeah. So so many things I shouldn't say come <laughs> out on Twitter. Yeah. Awesome. Before we get to trivia and before we get to Cinema War, we did throw a few items into the jaw box. And we're back at Mother's. You know Elias wants to peek his head out and see what Mother's looks like now. Let's open up that jaw box. What's your pleasure, Mr. Cotton? The box. We got a box! Oh, what's in the box? 
Hold on, guys. Give me a second. I'm I'm a little bit busy. I'm writing the screenplay to She-Hulk right now. I'm trying to cash <laughs> I, in before it. I can't uh, believe you guys don't know how awesome <laughs> She-Hulk is. I know how awesome She-Hulk right, is. Thank uh, you. Uh, She-Hulk. Phil right. knows it's, how awesome She-Hulk it's is. It's still funny. <laughs> Dude, if you only knew what you're laughing at. I mean, at, they know the joke. They, I'm, I'm they writing know. it. I mean, it, it's a great character. All right. All right. That character may be better than Hulk. I, I actually found I out the, that there was a She-Hulk about six hours ago. So I just wrote the line, you won't like me when I'm hangry. Which is a... Oh, sexist. <laughs> Thank you, Rod. Sexist. All right. So we... <laughs> Good stuff. Wow. Oh, man. All right. Shamed. So two questions here. The first one was, uh, what Selma Blair Todd Schlan's movie was she in? Let's see. She was in Storytelling. Which is a you hard were, movie yeah. to watch. Hard movie to watch, especially the Selma Blair scene. Very hard movie. All Todd Schlan's movies are hard to watch, but that one in particular. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, man. Neither have I. I'll put okay. it on my queue. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Well, he uh, just watched Son of Saw, which is a very difficult movie to watch. Yeah. So. Did you see? I mean, like, Happiness was like... The nice Todd Salons film, you know? So yes, yeah, like, so that one I've seen. I've Ooh. seen that as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, Storytelling is rougher. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm in. And what powers did Lilu display? I used my power of Google to find out, but I couldn't. So hmm. that's because a very she didn't broad. have any powers, man. <laughs> she had powers. But she yeah, was an element. Just she was not a superhero. Just when the, the, the elements came together, that was her one power. But Well... Yeah, whatever, that's enough. Yeah, she had. She powers. had the superpower of being awesomely charming. Yeah, there you go. She she had so fighting in Dallas. She's kicking ass. She did kick ass. Yeah, that's enough. Is that all? Lies? Yeah, that's all. Thanks, oh, guys. Man. Comes out firing with a joke. I love it. <laughs> that was a good one. Get back in that Javax. All right, man. It brings us to a segment called Cinema War. And Cinema War works like this: Me and Matt battle on a topic each week, and our guest. This week, Tim Seeley gets to play judge and jury and tell the jawheads at home who he thinks won this cinema war. And it's important because me and Matt are fighting for 20 seconds of precious jaw time to rant and rave on whatever we want. Well, there were two young actresses that just won Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Heck, Elias, tell the jawheads at home what today's cinema war topic is. Today's cinema war topic, which 2015 Oscar-winning actress will have a bigger career in the upcoming years? Best Actress winner, Brie Larson, or Best Supporting Actress, Alicia Vikander. Matt, you'll be fighting for Brie Larson. Rai, you'll be fighting for Alicia. Let this Oscar-winning Cinema War begin. Ryan, this is actually one of the closest Cinema Wars we have ever done. Both ladies are true talents. Both of them are just about the same age. Both of them are beautiful and charismatic. But I think Brie Larson ekes this one out because... She is the blonde, and Hollywood's love blondes. Matthew, I love Brie Larson more than her parents do. So it <laughs> pains me to take a side opposite her in war. But the cold fact is no one in Hollywood is rising faster than Alicia Vikander. Last year, Man From U.N.C.L.E., Ex Machina, and The Danish Girl. This coming year, she stars along Matt Damon in the new Bourne film and The Light Between Oceans with Michael Fassbender. She is the new It Girl. I wonder when she's going to be a superhero. Seriously, though, if you put the two filmographies side by side, Larson's is much more impressive. Scott Pilgrim, 21 Jump Street, Rampart, Trainwreck, Room. I could go on and on. She picks great projects to be a part of, and that bodes well for her future. 
but Matt, Brie Larson is sticking to her indie roots, and I love it for her. But this war is about who is going to have a bigger career in the next few years, and you don't need artificial intelligence like Eve to see that it's going to be Alicia Vikander. Vikander may become the bigger tabloid sensation. She's dating Michael Fassbender, and it's arguable that she is more traditionally good-looking of the two. But ultimately, this may lead audiences to become disenfranchised with her. She may yet prove to be just another pretty face. Matt, you mentioned both women in question here are beautiful and both are mega talents when it comes to acting, but I think Alicia fits into more accessible roles. For instance, I can see her in action like the new Bourne film she's going to be in or in a huge rom-com as a leading lady for someone like Joseph Gordon-Levitt to fall in love with. I don't see that for Brie. Hmm. Larson just feels like someone I would like to know. That charisma is something that she brings to every role. Meanwhile, Vikander is just a little more chilly, acting with clinical precision. It's two different styles, and I think audiences will prefer Larson's style in the long run. All right, both won Oscars, but winning Best Actress, Brie Larson now faces challenges of becoming a leading lady that can carry a film on her own. Vikander, only having won Best Supporting Actress, can now not have such pressure that Brie Larson has. She can take risky roles with huge payoffs like Ex Machina. I'm a huge fan of both, but I see Alicia breaking out to be the bigger star. This is a wow. really tough one. Very. Man. We are button heads as we always do on Cinemore. We throw it to our guest, our jury. Tim, what would you think of this Cinemore? That's tough. Really well argued points. I'm, I'm going to give it to Ryan, uh, Alicia wow. McCanner, because of what you said, and I agree, uh, once you win the Oscar... It's really hard to go up from there, and a lot of people end up in the Adrian Brody role where they won an Oscar, and then somehow they're in bad uh, Chinese movies where they're the white guy uh, who has to team up with the, 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 you know, the, the kung fu masters. Uh, I, I think it's a tough call. I think starting out as a supporting actress, I think, that's a, I think it's, it's to her advantage. I guess that earns you 20 seconds, right? It does, and I do have to say, Matthew, this was a very difficult one. It was. And I actually wrote my rant this week, too. Did you really? I did. And I did not. You Really? Isn't that hilarious? Oh, well, then I guess I'll just no, go ahead no, and do no. mine. I, no, I, you did it last I always, week. I mean, I, no, I always have something to say. Yeah. And, you know, th this entire uh, show, I've been arguing against the comic book movies. I just want to say that it's not always my point. I do love movies like Ghost World. I love Road to Perdition. I'm not bashing comic book movies, and I don't want to get a lot of hate mail because of that. Oh, you're gonna. My point, my last time saying it, is this. Hey, broaden your horizons, Matt. You broaden your horizons. Everybody see a lot of film. It doesn't have to be comic book movies, action movies. It can be dramas. Get out there. See all kinds of films. Get out there and discuss it, be it on Facebook, Twitter, listening to podcasts. That's what it's all about. It don't get pigeonholed into just comic book movies like Matt K. I would say take your own advice and start watching comic book movies too. My ban is still going. Uh, that was the other 20-second rant. My ban is still going. Lift the ban, I will, right? I will see no Marvel movies. Lift the ban. You know what? It, it, really quick. Oh my God. This isn't part of my 20 <laughs> seconds, but what's so funny is I, I did not see uh, Avengers 2, and I literally didn't miss it at all. In, in a sense of like, I almost don't even know it, it was a That's movie. That's fine, but you didn't see Deadpool either, which I think was actually a really creative, good entry into the genre. Okay, there I agree. you go. Yeah. Go ahead and see that one. Okay, but you would agree at this point that Avengers 2 is almost generic. That Me missing it is no, like... No, I would say it had a lot of problems. It was fun in the sense that it fits into the Marvel Universe, which I think is a really interesting 
large film project that's going on right now. And the MCU as a whole is When's something that... When's it going that, to end? Can it just end? Well, that's the, what's so intriguing about it. When no. is it going to end? How long can they keep this up? I'm, I'm in for the ride. Yes. Wow. That's what uh, keeps yeah. you up at night. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Matt, 10 Cloverfield Lane comes out. It stars John Goodman. I think you're a fan. I'm a fan. All right. So we are playing John Goodman movie trivia. It works like this. Tim, you're our guest. You get to choose if you want to go first or let Matt go first. There are steals if you don't know the question. And if you get hung up on one, you get one trip to the ER. Elias Rodriguez has clues to all the questions. Tim, what do you want to do here? Hit me first. All right. Question number one over to Tim in John Goodman movie trivia. John Goodman just appeared in Trumbo in which he played Frank King, the head of a B-movie studio. What actor played the lead, Trumbo? Oh, that would be Brian Cranston. One to nothing, Tim. They start off easy. Question two, also easy, Matt K. All right. John Goodman has appeared in two Best Picture winners, Hmm. The Artist and this 2012 film directed by Ben Affleck. Argo. One to one. I had to think about it. That's because it wasn't a comic book movie. Question it was. three. It was a comic book movie. Jack Kirby did the art that they used for the... Uh, oh, so that yeah. makes it a... All right, all right. Here we go. Question three. Yeah. Question three over to Tim. John Goodman appears in this 2000 film in which his daughter ends up working at a woman-run New York City bar. Coyote Ugly. Who could forget about that one? <laughs> Piper Parabo. <laughs> Wish I could forget about that one. Two to one, Tim. Cut the tension in here with a knife. Over to Matt Kay. An early role for John Goodman was in Revenge of the Nerds, in which Robert Carradine played Lewis, while the other main nerd, Gilbert, was played by what actor? You gave me the easy one. That would be Anthony Edwards. Two to two. Ooh, man, wow. that's a tough one. There we go. Question five, We're back over fan. to Tim. Everybody perfect. Tim, John Goodman plays a doorman in this 2011 film about a boy who loses his father, played by Tom Hanks, during the terror attacks of September 11th. Name the film. Oh, f- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 2011, John Goodman. Uh, Got to go to the IR on this one. I know the film. I can't Whoa! think of the title. A trip to the ER on question number five. Oh. Elias Rodriguez, what was the name of that 2011 film? This clue is extremely, I mean, incredibly good. Oh, uh, the, I didn't see this movie. It looked sappy. I didn't see it. I have no idea. I'm sorry. Oh, Matt, you got a chance for a steal, and that clue probably helped you. It, no, if it makes you feel better, I knew it before the clue. It's extremely loud and incredibly close. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Wow. So. Wow. <laughs> it did look a little sappy. It did. <laughs> I, I, did. Yeah. Was. I, I, I remember the trailer and thinking, oh, a 9-11 movie, and then I, that was the end of that story. That was the, as far as I went. Matt takes the lead here. Three to two, and question six is over to him. Matt, in 2012, John Goodman appeared in Trouble with the Curve, in which Clint Eastwood plays an aging baseball scout. What actress played his daughter in the movie? I have no idea. I'm going to take a trip to the ER. Wow! Back-to-back trips to the ER. Question six. Elias Rodriguez, who played Clint Eastwood's daughter in there? Your clue is also in Batman v Superman. Oh, man. Crap, I know this one. Amy Adams? Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. 
commanding lead, Matt K takes four <laughs> two. I was trying to think of the girl playing Wonder Woman. <laughs> I don't uh, even Gal know. Gadot. Yeah. Okay. The woman playing Wonder Woman, man. The woman playing Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm trying to make up for my sexist comment. <laughs> well done. You've made up for <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. It could be Eddie Redmayne. All right. Question seven is wow. over to Tim. <laughs> Tim <Tumbleweed. Zing! laughs> <laughs> All right. Question seven, Tim. In 2014, John Goodman starred alongside Matt Damon, Bill Murray, and George Clooney in this film. Name it. Okay. They were all they were rescuing art. Uh, in World War II, I gotta go. I, I'm not gonna get the title. I know the film. Uh, I gotta go to the ER in that one. I no, think. you yeah. only get one trip to the yeah. ER. That's it. Oof, yeah. yeah, but he is our guest. Your insurance is All right. out. It's called. Oh. Uh, Give him another trip to the ER. Wow, okay. wow. he said, wow. "Hey, Matt, gave it to him. Wow. Take, take him up Thanks, on the man. offer. Wow, trip the to the ER. Elias Rodriguez. Help All him right. Out. Your clue is: these men would like the Lincoln and Washington statues. Oh, yeah. Um, monument Men. Thank you. We'll yes. to, it's I plural would never, Monuments yes. Men, but that's, we'll that's good. That's oh, good. That's good. Yeah, yes. Four to threes made it a ball game. Question eight is over to Matt K. Got to keep it exciting. All right. Here we go. Matt can win this one <laughs> on a walk-off, or he can give Tim a chance for a tie. Matt, John Goodman appeared in one film with the great Peter O'Toole. The film also starred John Hurt and came out in 1991. Name the film. Holy crap. Oh, man. That is incorrect. 1991, <laughs> Peter O'Toole. Is that pre-Roseanne? It was during Roseanne. It was during least. Roseanne. I mean, but toward the end of it, Peter O'Toole, John Hurt, and John Goodman. Should Elephant? we give him another? <laughs> trip to yeah, the I think that's fair. Whoa! <laughs> oh, oh, no, I think that's fair. T- Tim, will you grant it? We I have to ask it. the guest. Okay. Yes, right. Right. Tim has granted you another trip to the <laughs> wow, ER. Question <laughs> number eight. Elias, what was the name of that John Goodman movie? But he he would have had a chance for a steal here. All right, go Your on. The clue is, <laughs> this guy was a king. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's uh, Nelson from The Simpsons, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Oh, King Ralph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's that one happen? of those. That's one of those where I blame Rye for writing the. Uh, How did the that clue. happen? It was King Ralph. <laughs> that's still a Simpsons <laughs> reference. Ralph yeah. King Nelson. I I like that idea. That's that, yeah. yeah that, that movie about Nelson wow. Mandela and wow. Victor. Peter O'Toole <laughs> and John Hurt were in King Ralph. Yes. Holy crap! That was a bit of a bomb, wasn't it? If I recall, it was. Yeah, actually, I don't know if it was successful or not uh, at the time. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But. Matt wins this one 4-2. to two. Can we get a handshake? Yeah, yeah. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, if, at, yeah. if it came down to a tie, this question would have been over to you, Tim. Let's see if I can get it. All right. Probably not. No, this would just be a tie, a jawbreaker. This, is, this one's it. a loaded question. Yeah. Just be ready. All right. As of today, who wins in a 100-yard dash, Roseanne Barr or John Goodman? <laughs> I'm going to give that one to Roseanne Barr. Incorrect. Bad knees on her. Would have been John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> the real jawbreaker is this. Age of Robert Carradine, who played Lewis in Revenge of the Nerds. Closest to Matt. You While guess? he was in the movie? No, now. Nowadays, oh, now. yeah. Well, he's older than me. Uh, he must have been at least, uh, I would say he's got to be 56 years old. Throw him in at 56. Elias, you got to guess him? 51. Give it to Matt. He's 61. Oh, my God. Wow. 61. 61 ah. for Lewis. Lewis? Yeah. Holy crap. How old is Curtis Armstrong? That's what I want to know. <laughs> How's Booger doing? 
He's ancient. Oh, man. Because he was know, older than those guys. I mean, You know, Ogre has a bar in Chicago or was a part owner in a bar in Chicago. Trader, yeah. Trader Todd's. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's right off of the uh, Belmont Red Line stop. Yep. Yeah. A little Chicago trivia for you. Is Ogre. it still going? If it is, yes, we should go record there sometime. Yeah. It yeah. is. And oh, every once in a while, you can you can meet him there. He oh, hangs man, out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get or him on I the show. I don't know if he still does, but he did, he did that for a while. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. Oof. Brings us to the end of a great jaw. First and foremost, we got to thank our guest, Tim Seeley. Thanks for coming on. This, this was This me. was a special jaw. I got to rant and rave about my superheroes. <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate it, but I also hope that your viewpoint... Uh, where it's right and where it's wrong can be addressed by other people who think the same thing. It's all medium, man. It's genres and mediums, and comics are just a medium. They're not exclusive to superheroes, so let's make sure you give comics a try and give them a chance. I like the message. C- couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, we also got to thank all the sponsors. Yeah, thanks to C2E2 and thanks to Basecamp for sponsoring this episode and the Chicago Podcast Co-op. I am embarking on a 30-day podcast odyssey. Follow along. I'm using the hashtag... 30 podcasts in 30 days where I'm going to check out every podcast on the Chicago Podcast Co-op and write them a review on iTunes. Awesome. Nice. Jawheads, if you like this episode of Cinema Jaw, please subscribe to us on iTunes. If you already subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a review. All the reviews help attract new listeners. Yes, definitely. And you guys forgot to thank me, the best in the biz. This is, is this a first? Whoa, Brian. <laughs> I was going to do it at the end of this. Well, clearly, you're not using your superpower. <laughs> so I'm going to take this time to promote. Uh, I'm going to be, it's film festival season, Jawheads. I'm going to be uh, April 1st weekend in Goshen, Indiana, if anybody's around there. Uh, come check out my short film, T-Man Seat Making. It's world premiere, six years in the making for this film. Also, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cinemajaw. And we're on Instagram as well. We know you like pictures, so if you look through our pictures really fast, it looks like a movie. Beautiful. We're also cinemajaw on Twitter, where we give tweet reviews, commentary on comic books, film, everything. We argue. Throughout the week, we argue. So follow us there. Heck, we are at cinemajaw everywhere on social media. Until next week, I'm Rye the Movie Guy. I'm Matt Kay. And, and keep, keep on, on John about, about the movies. movies.